What did you say? Say it again. Later this week with Coco and Friends. That was my bite. I needed that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it sound like a question. Later this week with Coco and Friends. Later this week with Coco and Friends. With Coco and Friends. <laughs> Le fond du vent comme les éoliennes à l'ancienne Comme à l'époque des parties dans les blocs On coule air que bambata Donner la vie où il faut Les valeurs de base Hello Ouh <laughs> Okay So here we are Are we finally recording? I think we are I mean if there's a red thing going on And I see the numbers counting yeah. So let's not lose momentum. What was it that you had to say that you couldn't talk about? You were waiting to go on air. Oh, just like we were chit-chatting about what? My neck exercises. And, <laughs> um, what was it? <laughs> uh, the candles. Oh, yes. I went to a Bed Bath & Beyond today to try to finish my holiday shopping and I walked through their little display of of Christmas stuff and and whatnot and of course there's a shelf with candles I'm like a moth to a flame I really am and there was one it was like I don't know some kind of mistletoe or pot like tree scented candle and it was this close to getting it but then I'm like okay I have a bunch of those and I started inventory, like doing this inventory of all of the candles that I had. And I said, you know what? I don't need this. And I walked away. That's great. It was a lot of like, there was a lot of inner dialogue, a lot of discussions with, with, mm. the different, you know, uh, yeah. But I managed to not buy a candle. Now, if you can only do that when you go buy dildos. Yeah. That's another problem. Yeah. Yeah. So let's work that out. <laughs> um, so we've got a fun-filled episode. For those of you out there listening that think those are not worked out and produced, you are mistaken. Very we, we are You are, as they say in Arabic, you are... <laughs> I like that you create your own... Uh... <laughs> words and phrases (laughs) so let me ask you something speaking about words and phrases yes i'm surprised you have not yet addressed but maybe you're waiting to go on air for this one you had a breakthrough this week i did yes please refresh my memory because my mind is everywhere i'm gonna give you a hint we're gonna pretend like we're playing the game password yes And I'm just going to give you one word. Okay. Munch. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Okay. So if you've been a loyal fan and have been listening to our most recent episodes, um, we had this listener who sent us an email and Fran and I, according to my sister, mercilessly trolled her <laughs> it wasn't out of like we weren't making fun we truly enjoyed this email like this was we love the email we love the feedback all of that stuff 
Now, around the same time as that email appeared, we had a follower on our Instagram comment. Well, they started following us and they, they made a comment on a couple of our posts and the broken English esque of their comment just the wondering <laughs> had me wondering if it was the same person right still have you know to this day i don't i don't believe it is but this person um they 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 were following us and then suddenly they disappeared you couldn't get to their ac account at all uh and then i think you and i we were talking about it and a couple of days later, they reappeared, or a week later, they reappeared. Now, during this whole time, I always accused you of being this person. I don't think you should use past tense because right up, right up until like a you know <laughs> a day ago, you were like your hair. So I decided. So she returned. She made her uh, return to Instagram. And um, I decided to send her through our Instagram account a friend request because she was following us. And it took about a week for her to finally. Uh, did it take that long? It felt like it. I'm like, bitch. Because I felt like you did that recently when you told me you sent her a, a thing. I can't believe she let you hang for a week. She let me hang. She let me hang. Uh, I mean, I might be exagger exaggerating with the week, but it was definitely like more than three days. Right. Right. Anyway, Some fan. Really? Anyway, so she finally accepted and I got a chance to view her. Her. Um... But here's the thing. Here's why I still think it's you. You're going to laugh. <laughs> because when I when I told you that you know, she had returned and this was her name and so mm -hmm. so forth. Um, in her name, it said that she was Czech. Um, and we were talking about how um, the fact that she was a photographer her mm -hmm. account was private. Like if you're a photographer, why, why would you keep a private account type thing? And we were, you and I, we were talking about this. We were saying, well, if she's if she's a Czech photographer, um, you know, what wouldn't she put it in her bio, so on and so forth? Um, and then after that conversation, she amended her bio and added Czech to it. Oh, so now that's me doing that. Yes. <laughs> See, and I and as I'm listening to you, I barely looked at the account when you told me that she like accepted the account yeah i went in and briefly looked at the pictures and i just was like this is boring like why am i looking at this i mean it's just yeah it's a personal page it's not like it's 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 not really showing so what was what did you learn from her page about her nothing i mean you know i mean she's still a fan does she live in the czech republic is that what you you made the addendum on? I don't know. I guess so. Well, I'm surprised. Did you She's got evaluate? Where is she? Like, I can't, because I, I can't, I can't say for sure. Let me go in. Go in there and you can check. 
check. No pun intended. Exactly. <laughs> no pun intended. All right. So, God, my daughter is constantly posting. She's like the first person that comes up. What, what does she got? Like eight accounts? Okay, hold on. I feel like that's how many accounts she has. No, she's Laura. I'm telling you. Later this week. Hold on. Mm-hmm. What does she come up? Wait. Katarina or something like that. Okay, Katara. Whatever. Katara Munich. This is what I was calling her. I was calling her Munich. And you said that's not what her name is. Photographer fans over. Oh, check check Siam. Yeah, because that wasn't on there before. Well, didn't she change her name completely? Yeah, because it was Lady Surprise. Oh, okay. So. Is this her? I don't know. No, it's my brother came to me. Listen, we are we are clearly going to push this woman away and scare future listeners. I just want to read one thing. Sure. Can I read this? Yeah, yeah. I'm not done. Okay. My brother came to me. His girl date too. He loves the food. Hody hody. All right. And then the hashtags are smoke define check. Filipino food. Mm. Oh. Okay. There, do, you, do you know that a lot of her posts are in the Philippines? Well, maybe she's our Filipino representation. What is she doing in the Philippines? I don't know. I don't think the Czechs like the Filipinos. Wow. Okay. Damn. She's got some nasty ones in here. <laughs> Did you see the one with her underwear on the floor? No, stop it. Listen, for somebody who was hot to teach you to get to know who this person was, and I know you think it's me, but I don't know how I would have time to do such a layered Instagram. This is a layered Instagram. Okay, so I will concede. You better, Trump. It's not you. I'm just, no, honestly, like no joke. Yeah. Look, look at look at how layered it is in the sense of like I did I did I did and I was having a conversation with my sister when I told her that he, you thought it was her and she said I like that you think that I have that and she she wishes she had that for for foresight to do something like that <laughs> well it's never too late if you're listening <laughs> Jocelyn it's oh, never too late by the way speaking of Jocelyn she wants me to say on the air that she is our biggest fan. Number one. Mm. I'm not going to say anything, but there's going to be people who might uh, be pissed off. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to say any names, but my Christmas. They, they might um, be pissed off. Yeah. But yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But the- yeah, I mean, that... That Maya or Maya not be the truth. <laughs> this is very true. There, there Maya be other people too. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> people are going to be Maya pissed off. <laughs> oh my god! So, um, you know, as I said, <laughs> we we pull together these shows, and people think you know they're whimmy, but they're not always whimmy. Because we have got a um, man on the street interview mm-hmm. that I'm participating um, 
in this episode, but you're going to have to hang on to the end. Um, and we got some other fun stuff coming up. Um, but I, I really, I think what I was thinking about really for this episode was, you know, we're coming to the end of the year. Yeah. You and I discuss a plethora of topics. Yeah. And one of the topics you and I always discuss with total respect to other individuals, we discuss people's religion mm-hmm. and what people believe and spirituality. And it's amazing how people get so angry. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because it's such a personal thing, you know, and the second you 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 talk or you you bring any kind of questioning or judgment or or even um hate towards any any anyone's views um it it's it 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 is it feels like an attack on 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 them and rightfully so i mean everyone should be able to to live a life however they want to live whether that means it's uh, you know a religious way of life or non-religious whatever you know i i've said this i'm not a religious person but i do consider myself spiritual in in some respects you know i and that my spirituality can stem from just you know someone who may meditate or you know whatever whatever the case may be or someone who's i tend to be very self-reflective about things and how how can i do better with with my relationships, you know, with my words, all it with my actions, things like that. If that is a form of spirituality, then so be it. Like we all have ways to kind of connect to something. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think that you're, and I'm just saying this because of the conversations we've had, obviously I didn't grow up in the same, you know, culture as you have, but I think that in our conversations, what I've learned is that, the way you grew up and the people you grew up around are a lot like Italians in the sense that they've blurred the line between culture and religion. Mm -hmm. Like people do things because they think it's religious. And it's like, like for instance, people putting up a Christmas tree, people will put it up and say, Oh, that's because we're Christian. And I'm like, yeah, it really doesn't have anything to do with that. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and same thing with Italians. Like I know Italians have their kids, confirmed communionized baptized whatever because and a lot of them do not believe in an ounce of the religion but they just believe that doing those sacraments as an italian is hand in hand with being an italian yeah i i agree it's there comes a point where it's like there's they no longer know why they're doing the things that they're doing it's just because it's 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 been passed down and they've seen, you know, everyone else in their family do these things. So it's like, that's now the expectation, Yeah. you know, but that, that to me is like, you, you haven't, you haven't stepped out and formulated your own thoughts and opinions at that point then about like how you want to live your life is, I mean, if that's truly how you want to do it, that's fine. But I mean, if are you just doing it because it's expected, then you're just cheap. Then you know, yeah. find your own path. 
You're a twat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you sit with kids, like when we first talked to my daughter when she was in second grade and I said, you know, I'm not going to totally say no to communion. I want her to make the decision. Mm -hmm. And a second grade girl, I'm not going to make a generalization, but a second grade girl will typically say to you, oh, I get to wear a pretty dress. I get presents. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be like her quincey, you know, and she's going to be like, this is great. And then I told her what goes into it, that you have to go to classes. You have to commit to certain things. You might even have to do community service work, depending on the church you go to. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, no, I'm out. And, and I was like, good answer. But the thing is, is that I left it for her to decide. But when you sit and talk to kids about what we do, I mean, the sacraments and the things that go into it and the ceremony and what people believe is just as kooky and crazy as any kind of tribal ceremony when you really hear people discuss it. Yeah. We need you to walk down here. The priest comes down the aisle and he's got this, um, you know, the ashes are blowing down the aisle and, it, you know, shaking incense and powder. And then to top it all off, they say, eat the body of Christ. Yeah, exactly. And now we're like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. And you know what? I was so tired growing up religious of people telling me just it was the way it was. Like no one had an explanation. That's the thing that always drove me crazy. And I've mentioned this where my, when, when I used to go to Bible study when I was in high school, like it was just for a few months and I asked a question and there was no real explanation it in that that just bothered me like why should i follow this why should i believe this if you can't give me a, a good reason like if you can't explain this mm. to me properly you know I, and i just it it's it didn't make sense to me are you friends with anybody who's like religious like really like i don't mean people who like go to church every now and then but like people who like make it their life prophecy to kind of teach and talk about it i'm trying to think i don't think so i i I don't i don't think you would be no uh and it's not because i mean actually it would be because i i I don't have i can't i would find it very difficult to relate to someone like that Mm. but not in a in a like if if that's their entire life then yes i would have uh, i would it would be very difficult for me to relate to them but if it's going back to the whole, you know, religion and spirituality is a personal and private thing, you know, um, if, if you keep that stuff to yourself, I, I don't have any problem being friends with someone who's like that. I mean, I think it's normal to have differences and, and whatnot when it comes to friendships and, and any kind of relationships, but I, I, I don't know how long that type of, how long that type of friendship could last person yeah but i just off the top of my head i can't think of anybody who is anybody that i know who is super religious no yeah i wouldn't be friends with them yeah that's too much it it would be too much you know especially when they start beating the bible and they start talking about you know a man cannot lay down with a man (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
when they start that shit and they're like, you can't lay down with a man. It's like, what if there's only one bed? Then what do I do? Exactly. I'm not sleeping on the floor. What if you're camping? What if you're going to go into hypothermia? You need that body to skin to skin. What if you want a dick between your thighs? What if you want a dick between your thighs? I mean, these are really logical questions they did not think about. Or between your ass cheeks. Listen. <laughs> I like how, if it's a... I like how we interweave ass and dick with religious talk. Well, that's all over the Bible. Exactly. That's all they talked about. Yep. Like I you know, one I read a, a a report, an article somebody wrote years ago, and they had said that over the years of being a kid growing up in the Bible Belt, they had attended church in several different places. And it wasn't until they were 20s or 30s, they started to see like this pattern with every church they went to. They said they spend so much time talking about sex and what people are doing and people being gay. And it got to the point where this person who wrote the article, who was like a devout Christian, had said that they were like, modifying their Christianity because they were so tired of hearing about that and not feeling inspired. Yeah. It's repression. Especially if you get a dick between your thighs. That can be pressure. Repression. Oh, repression. You know? Listen, <laughs> you you Maya like it, you Maya not like it. You Maya not like it. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing that? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. um so you know we've got a little surprise for listeners today a little bit i said in the beginning of the show do we do we we are re re i can't even speak re you might need to you know get on that since this is a podcast and i will i'll (laughs) unique new york okay i'm good now um there is uh, the return of one of our favorite segments called Ask Aquila. Aquila. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. Um, I love the segment and I almost wanted to call it Cut It Out, but then people will be like, what is Cut It Out about? Is it about circumcisions? You'd be like, no, it's about advice. Yes, it is. Because when you hear Cut It Out, what do you think about immediately? Circumcision. Of course. Or cut out you know. humor, or what's up? <laughs> or or carve a dick out your thighs. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen. This is what I want you all to do that are listening. Hold on tight. We're gonna go to break, and then you're gonna get a little bit of ask Aquila. I was like, get, you're gonna get a little bit of ass. That's what I thought you were gonna say. I'm like, really? <laughs> what kind of episode is this? <laughs> You're going to, Aquila's going to die when she hears this. She's going to be like, right before my segment, really? <laughs> um, but anyway, when we come back from break, you're going to get a little bit of Ask Aquila. And then I promise you, we will be here as soon as that is over. Enjoy. We'll be right back. Hey there, this is Fran from Later This Week with Coco and Fran. Listen, I know, I know, that beard just ain't right. Well, I'm here to help you out. I've been the ambassador for Gracefully Yours, and Gracefully Yours is the product you will need. 
Have you not heard about Gracefully Yours? What? Gracefully Yours by Daria Jones is a collection of 100% natural grooming products. Yes, all natural. That caters to every man's beard, body, and soul. Each product is carefully formulated and handcrafted with real ingredients. Pure love, joy, and good intentions for the nourishment of your grooming routine. Just so you know, they've got beard balm, oils, and just straight up good stuff. Check out the newest line called Gym, G-Y-M, so you can grow it strong. Wow, that sounds hot. Go to their Instagram page, Gracefully Yours DJ. Yes, Gracefully Yours DJ, and slide into those DMs. Let them know that you're a listener of Later This Week, and you'll get 10% off with the code Francesco. Francesco, all one word. Once again, that's Gracefully Yours. Get it now. Dear Akila, my parents want me to have a Christian wedding, but my fiance and I want something less religious. I told my parents and now they don't want to come to my wedding. I am torn. Do I conform to their beliefs and risk the future of my relationship or have my ceremony without them? Akila, help. Woo, 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 Now, this is a question near and dear to my heart, because if you don't know, now you will know. I grew up in an extremely traditional um, family with an extremely fundamentally traditional background. So I can completely understand where this individual is coming from with this question and being torn because it's it's not a joke. It isn't. To not, to, to not be able to give everybody what they want on all sides. You know what I mean? As with all questions, when people are asking for advice, there are so many precursory questions <laughs> that need to come so I can get like a better understanding of what's going on and what the parameters are. However, my number one question would be, who is paying for the wedding? And I'm going to say that again. Who is paying for the wedding? Because ultimately, who controls the money controls the choices. So that is something you can lead with. Well, if mom and dad are kind of helping contribute, maybe part, you know, we should kind of give in to what they want. However, if that is not the case and you and your fiance are the ones solely footing this bill, then technically it's solely your party. You know what I mean? You can do what you want. Also, I can give you advice as to where it came from on my end. When I got married, we had our completely traditional big wedding. And then the night of my bridal party through a more party party reception. So I had my wedding, I had my reception. And then that night, maybe like around nine o'clock, we all got together at another reception hall. And we had a wonderful time complete with a DJ, another cake, everything. And it was cost effective. It wasn't even that expensive because it wasn't like it was catered food or anything. So that's another option. And then my last suggestion would be is, is there a way you can kind of make it traditional during the reception and, you know, have something for the parents to say, this was nice. They, they included us in it somehow. So everybody can feel, um, good about it. Let me tell you something, this day and times that we're living in, you don't want to, you don't want to cut off anybody too far. If it's not toxic, if it's toxic, that's another story. But if there are some accommodations that can be made, I say, 
let them be made in some way, shape, or form because they are your parents. You know what I mean? But if you feel as if, look, this is me and so-and-so doing this. I love him or her, and this is what I want to do. Get on board or get off the train. Then, sis, bro, I'm with it. I stand one, I stand behind whatever decision you make 100% because ultimately marriage is about you and your spouse, not you, your spouse and your parents. So cut it out with being afraid of what might happen and make a decision, make a decision. And what else? Stand by that decision. I wish I could hear the follow-up to this because being someone who's been a part of something like this before, I understand. I do. I wish you all the best. Coco and Fran, thank you for having me take care everyone <laughs> we're back so i have opinions about this question or even the answer okay let's hear it um i agree that whoever holds the wallet should have i guess final say sure but what, like, why does that have to be the deciding factor? It's their day. It's the couple's day. If they don't want that, that religious component, mm -hmm. they shouldn't have to, you know, bend to the will of their parents. Sure. And, and then if that isn't feasible, then fuck the wedding or fuck the money and just do your own thing on your own budget the way you want. Cause it's your day. You should be able to do it the way you want to, the way you've envisioned. That's my, well, that's well, yeah, but that's exactly what she says at the end of the advice. Yeah. She says, you know, this is not about your family. This is about, like I often say the big mistake we make is family is not your fit. Like your sister may love to call you family, but I'm going to break your heart right now. You're extended family. You don't live in the house with her. Her family is her family that lives in the house with her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you and Chris are family. Mm -hmm. Anybody who comes to visit who doesn't live in your house, I don't care if it's your sister, your mother, they're visiting. They don't live in your house. They are a guest in your house. Yeah. Period. So I think when I heard Akila's advice, and I could be wrong because I didn't speak to her because that wouldn't be fair for me to call her and say, can you explain? I think she made the general deduction, 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 reduction, re reduce the milk, Laura, <laughs> reduce the milk. So I think what she was doing was she heard that there was these parents who had issues with doing a religious ceremony. Ding, 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 ding. That already sends a message that these are old school people. Yeah. Old school people will definitely, if they are holding the purse strings of this wedding, they are definitely going to pull that out in rank and say, ba, 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 ba. Now, to say I disagree with you, I don't. Because I also agree with you because, yes, you can walk away. But it's complicated because, as you know, there are so many people that we know who can't even say no to someone when they're inviting them to a party they don't want to go to. Or a friend calls you and you've got home from work and you're tired and they want you to go out and you feel bad and guilty. How is someone going to say to their family, we're going to go do our own thing and we don't care if you don't come? 
that's just not going to happen because people cannot, we are not advanced enough as human beings to create those boundaries. It's difficult. Yeah. No, I did you die? Where'd you go? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I'm just like, I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I get it. Like sometimes uh, I guess the happy medium would be, is there a way that you can compromise, yeah. you know, but I, I still just in my mind, when I heard it, I'm thinking, okay, it's their wedding. It's yeah. not about the parents. It's not about yeah. anybody else. No, because they can, like I said, if they really wanted to, they can just up and leave and do their own thing. They can sure. help whatever. Like, sure. They, they shouldn't feel like they have to bend and change to make others mm-hmm. happy when it's their day. And I think it's also the terms that you're on with your parents. Like if your parents are giving you an ultimatum and it's getting real toxic, as she said, yeah, it's a whole different world. Yeah. But it sounds to me like Akila, for her own personal wedding, when she described it, she wanted to accommodate and she still wanted what she wanted for herself but she still wanted to accommodate for her parents because I'm getting the sense that she has a great relationship with them. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of like, we can do both, but I think her advice is really coming from a place. And like I said, this is my own personal impression of what she said. I think it's coming from a place of these sound like some old school motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Who are like, Jesus is the only one, you know, and it's just, I, mean, I think about my sister's weddings. Um, Damn. Um, Elizabeth Taylor? Well, no. <laughs> my sister Jocelyn's second wedding, it was an outdoor wedding. and I only, I only went to her fifth. I didn't see her. I didn't go to her yeah, second you, wedding. Yeah, you missed, you missed all the other ones. No. <laughs> um, but I, I know for my parents want, like, even with, with myself, they... I know they would have wanted a, a, a church wedding, for example, but then it got to a point because Chris and I are not married. We've been together for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we like, we're common law, but we're not married. Um, and I know that my, my mom still has this like mentality that, you know, Oh, why don't you go to the justice of the peace? Why don't you go to the courthouse and just do just, get it official so because i think in her eyes i'm still you know living in sin quote unquote Mm -hmm. thing but it's like whatever you know it's it's not going to change anything it's Mm. you know so but but that's where that's where it comes from yes my parents have well at least my mom has definitely compromised and assimilated a little bit more to um western ways she may not necessarily agree but she is more accepting now so it's it's a difficult situation for sure well let me ask you this what was your personal choice if there is a personal choice to not get married like officially i think i think honestly like the main thing like when when we first started when when we first got engaged, I think the main thing was just money. We didn't have the money for it. And I didn't want other people to pay for it and have a situation where it was all controlled. Mm-hmm. Because I know for a fact that 
it would have been Chris's parents, his family, who would have been contributing contributing a bulk, the bulk of of the the the, the wedding because that's a that's something that I know my parents would not have been able to do completely. Not that I was going to go for um, you know this big hoopla of a wedding, but they, they would have definitely contributed. But I also am the kind of person like. I don't want to spend the money on, on a big, on a, on a, on a ceremony. Like I don't want that money spent on that. I'd rather use that money, you know, for a down payment on a house or something. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was money was always the, the, the reason behind not doing it at first. And then it just got to the point where it's like, okay, well, why now we, we, we have our household. We don't need anything. Not that weddings are about getting stuff, but right. it's we we don't need anything. Um, if we were to have some kind of official whatever, we would have that like courthouse thing, and then maybe throw a party of like intimate friends and family type thing if that ever happened. But I don't I don't see it happening at this point. I mean, yeah. It would- what does he want? Would he ever want to do it? He's honestly like he's indifferent whatever i want he would he would he would go with it like he does. he's got he needs that on a t-shirt indifferent uh, big time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's- yeah i mean i i kind of agree with you i feel like at this point what's what's the point the only thing that and i mean honestly i don't know the answer to this question the only reason why i would say to do it is as you both are getting up there like you get to a point where you're like should we get married in case God forbid something happens? And then you and I both are legally bound to each other. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. I don't know. I can't really say. I mean, it could like, we can have documents drawn up to say these things. Sure. If we really wanted to um, like wills and, 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 and whatnot. So, but, but common law brings its own set of rights yeah i guess would be the right the 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 term i would would uh would say when it comes to all of that stuff Mm -hmm. you know so but it's got to be something you want to do like if you feel like everything you're you've got what you want and you're good this way I mean, I'm a big fan of parties. I just always want an excuse to have a party. Like, certainly no one wants to get married during the pandemic, but... No, exactly. Who it's... knows? Maybe maybe one day we will do it. I don't know. Uh... And you're, you'll have a walker. Exactly. When I've had my hip replaced. Mm-hmm. And you guys will have the party in Boca Raton, Florida. Fuck no. I would never set foot in Florida again. Wow. Maybe. maybe. We just <laughs> lost some listeners. <laughs> Maybe like to go to Florida, uh, to, to go to Disney World, but that's it. No, that's not something I go there for. I love Florida for Miami. Miami has always been South Beach. I have. I've never been to Miami. Let me tell you, when people say there's there's Miami and then there's like Miami Beach, like South Beach. When people talk about South Beach, I always say, if you ask me out of all the places I've ever been, a place where I guaranteed had a good time, like a amazing time. Every time I've gone has been there. Nice. I, w- I would, 
probably go there. Yeah, I would visit. So much fun. I would visit there. I just you know? there's just so much shit that happens from in Florida. It's just like I that's a that's a state that you don't want to even. No. <laughs> sometimes I have no desire either. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, you know, that was our Ask Aquila, and you know, if you want to know more about Ask Aquila, you got to go slay the clutter. And or if you have a question that you want Aquila to answer. Sure. We we get we get questions on occasion, but they're just not as profound as the questions I think that maybe Jocelyn could submit to us. Hmm. Maybe Jocelyn, who is our biggest fan, would like to submit a question. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll see. And- maybe she'll submit it in the month of Maya. Hmm. Maybe. Maya P. (laughs) Maya. Maya not. We're on crack right now. Crackheads. Crackheads. (laughs) Speaking of crackheads, I think that there might be a little bit of a peeve coming our way. A little bit. Okay. You know what that means. Yes. Gonna hear things you don't believe because it's time. It's time for Coco's pet peeve. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a genuine laugh, friend. It always is. Come on. I want to hear your peepees. It's really nothing big. Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten any snow in your neck of the woods, but we nope. had, we we had like a couple of weekends ago, we did have a, you know, a, a nice little dump of snow. It eventually melted. Um, but today and into tomorrow, there's been flurries and, and, and whatnot. But the pet peeve of mine is when people do not brush the snow off of their vehicle. Mm. And then when you're driving behind them and there's like debris coming at you. And sometimes it's chunks of ice coming at you. It's actually, I, I'm serious. Uh, it's, it's, it's so scary sometimes. My, our previous car, we had to have the windshield replaced twice and but it was actually cracked three times. The third time we're like, we're not going to replace this. Like fuck it, because it was such a piece of shit car that it wasn't worth it anymore. But whoa, but, but yeah, like when when you're driving and shards of ice are flying off of another vehicle and hitting you in the windshield, it's just it's awful. And I and I'm I'm not sure, Ottawa listeners, if you're listening, if correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it's a law or a bylaw that you have to clean the snow off of your vehicle and not just your windshield, like everywhere. So Mm. fucking clean your car when there's snow. And you know what? I just thought about another pet peeve because this has nothing to do with snow. I was, again, it's about work, retail. I've said this many times. I am a pleasant person. I'm a very personable person. I'm happy. I don't, I'm not miserable at work. Fran is shaking his head. He doesn't believe me, but it's true. Um, 
I am also not shy in the sense that if I, you know, when I'm walking around the store, I will ask everyone that I come in contact with, hi, you know, hello, how are you? Did you need help with anything? Just nothing, you know, just natural. It's all that. The responses that I get or the attitude that I get is uncalled for. Like, if you don't need help, just say, no, thank you, and we'll move on. You know, there's no need for attitude. Like, I'm, I'm going to say it now. Shoppers of the world, stop being assholes. Be kind to employees. Be kind to retail workers. Be kind to frontline workers. Stop being assholes. Stop being rude. Stop being entitled. We had recently um, self-checkout um, registers installed in our, in our pharmacy. So we're trying to encourage customers to use it. We still have cashiers, this idea that we're not, you know, we're going to be losing, uh, people are going to be losing their jobs, blah, blah, blah. There's always a lot of shit to do in a store. Anyway. I was supervising one night and I was trying to encourage people in the line to use the the self-checkouts because no one was on them. And this happened on three occasions. People would look at me and say, are you going to pay me or are you going to give me a discount? And I said, no. And then, and then they say, well, then why should I scan my own, my own groceries? I was like, okay, well, whatever. Like, I'm not going to argue with you, but there's no reason for you to be an asshole about it either, you know. Mm. Um, and that's one of the one of those people who told me this. Also said, you know, we're gonna these are going to be replacing uh, all of the cashiers, and you guys think that you're not going to lose your jobs, blah blah blah. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's say they replace all of the registers with self checkout. What are you going to do at this point now? We're not going to pay you to scan your, your groceries. You're not going to get a discount to scan your groceries. So all of a sudden now it's okay for you to scan them. Like what's, what's the logic there? Mm. But I just, I like, it's the attitude that bothers me. You know, you can either say yes or no, no thanks or whatever. Like there's no reason to give me your nasty reasons why you don't want to do it. You know, people yeah. are skanks. Stop being assholes. Wow. Especially during the holidays. It's like, it's uncalled for. I love how every time we do your pet peeves, you start out by saying, it's going to be something little. (laughs) And then it turns into a Macy's Day float. Well, you know, I get aggravated. (laughs) Clearly. I try to keep my pen in check, but man, retail really fucks it up. Yeah. And when you get older, I've told you this, your tolerance you have less tolerance for it because honestly, when people are our age and they're in retail, yeah. they are already have decided that they're either going to leave or they actually want to move up the ladder and have a position where maybe they're not on the floor. Yeah. You know, like it becomes more of a corporate position. Yeah. And that's what happens. I'll tell you right now, I can't even imagine because I did retail for a long time. I can't even imagine doing retail anymore. I just don't see myself working on weekends. And you transition very nicely. 
whenever you have a job that you don't have to work on the weekends, oh my God, it's so great. It's like life, life returns. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. But um, I just wish people were kinder. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, especially now with the pandemic, I mean, so many people are stressed out and they're not talking and, you know, I feel like they go out and they take it out on people they don't know. That's just, it's, that's, it's terrible. It's a terrible practice and Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, you know, you're peeving in the pets and I hope you enjoy her pet peeves. And if you have any issues with uh, Coco's pet peeves, I suggest that you send her a DM directly. If she, has, if she has offended you as a customer of the CVS pharmacy, you let her know. Slide into my DMs. Mm, I know that's right. <laughs> and now she's going to say it in Arabic. What are you choking on? <laughs> Listen, I told you not to lie down with a man. A man should not lie down with another man. No, no. I, I don't even know what that means. But anyway, so. <laughs> so why don't we go for break? And that way you can figure out what you're trying to say. And we'll come back and maybe you have something to share with us. Sounds like a plan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. Hello. Unfortunately, you're listening to Later This Week with Coco and Fran. In case you don't already know, it's a show about news, love, food, 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 and eating. Go tell it on the mountain. Thank is, you. It, is it safe to say that you appreciate any opportunity you're given to sing? I love to sing on my shows. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. I'm drinking a clear glass of li- liquid beverage. What kind libation. of what kind of beverage? It's just seltzer. Hmm. There's no vodka in it, and a little bit of lime and ice, but there's no vodka in it. Are you sure? It's almost, it's almost Jesus's birthday. <laughs> you got to stay in his good graces. Listen, Jesus and me, we friends. So anyway, just so you all know. Um, we have a little interview that I did, a little man on the street. It's, it was a great interview to do with a Brian the Shaman, which you've been hearing a little bit about on the streets. And do you have any questions about Brian? Um, well, how did, you, how did you come about reaching out to him? Uh- well, I met Brian probably years ago, and he runs a... Um, circle of drummers and shamanistic spiritual feather spirit animal people nice and yeah and you know when the incense is burning i'm gonna come see how much it cost 
<laughs> so anyway, so I met him. He's a cool guy. He's um really down to earth and smart. And um he uh I reached out to him because I thought we're doing this little episode about light religion, like religion light, diet religion <laughs> type of show, like no no carbs. No carbs. <laughs> no. No, it's one of the times that we don't have carbs. Exactly. We're and not we're not thumping, thumping or anything like that. No, we're not thumpalina Jolie. He's a great guy. He um I don't really want to give too many spoilers. I'd rather just us get to the interview and rock and roll. So what do you got over there, Coco? Tell us a little bit about Brian. Who is he? What where he at? Brian McGuire has been studying Celtic history and mythology for over 25 years now and has formed a deep and true connection with the heroes and heroines. As a result, these images come to him while he is in the journey space. Brian has also studied Buddhism, Vedic and Native American traditions and feels that the connection between them all transcends individual cultures, traditions and lineages. It is this thought that resonates with him and in his work. No matter what culture you embrace or connections you make, shamanism is a practice that can help you get to a deeper sense of self. So why don't we have a listen to this interview? I'm very excited. So am I. I can't wait. Hey there, Brian. Uh, hello. How are you? I'm okay. I'm having a little trouble hearing you. It's a little garbled. Okay. Oh, that, now you're fine. Now okay. You're fine. It always takes a second there. Cool. Um. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Of course. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the show, but we do a lot of wacky things and talk about a lot of serious things and funny things. And we are constantly wanting to learn about new things. And our listeners are loyal in wanting to learn new things. Cool. So um, let's dive right into it. Um, sure. So what exactly is a shaman? So um, shamans are basically people who are uh, naturally connected to their spirituality and like a deep connection to their soul. Um, any of the indigenous tribes from around the world, they had their medicine people, uh, you know, the men and the women that were the healers of the tribes or the communities that they have. Um, so pretty much shamans are those ones that are uh, the ones that are acting as spiritual leaders for their community as well. Mm. Um, the word shaman comes from uh, a Siberian word and uh, means one who knows. And uh, so it ties into each culture as well. Uh, most of the cultures that have a tribal base will have shamans as their, uh, their medicine people, as the people who are the ones that are uh, connecting to the ancestors, connecting to nature. Um, and so it's a, it's a very natural based spiritual practice as well. Mm. But how does that differ from a psychic or medium? Cause those are the terms we tend to hear so often. I think very few people, at least people in my circles, not many people could be able to define a shaman, but most people understand the way psychics and mediums work. What's the difference between mm -hmm. shamans and psychics and mediums? Right. They're very similar in practice. I think uh, the, the psychics and mediums are more of a modern process, probably within the last couple hundred years. Uh, 
as far as those actual terms go, the shamanic practice dates back to uh, Neolithic times, you know, and they're the ones that, uh, yeah, they're the ones that stood out as the, the people to, to come to for their wisdom and their guidance and, you know, blessings for the hunt or whatever. Um, so I think shamanism is more of an ancient technology, whereas the psychic and mediums is more, uh, yeah, more of a modern thing. Uh, it's people who are connecting to uh, the spirits of the deceased, um, which is also part of the shamanic practice. You're working with uh, uh, spirits of the, that have passed. You're working with elements, uh, again, within nature. So the shaman is somebody that will also go into a trance state of mind. And, mm -hmm. and in doing that, that's where they're connecting to that source. So again, it kind of taps into the culture as well. Uh, my, my training was in the Celtic uh, shamanic practice, and, and that comes from uh, the Irish tradition and the Welsh uh, tradition and the English tradition. But all of those were also influenced from older processes. Uh, like if you look far enough back, they say that the Celts actually migrated out of India and then eventually into Eastern Europe Europe and then England and Ireland, right? Over thousands of years mm -hmm. of time. And so when you look at the stories on some of the, the ancient Irish invasion stories have very, very similar stories to the Indian culture of the Mahabharata. And when you read that, the, the tie-ins between those stories are almost identical. They're, they're, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, so shamanic practice is, is a global natural practice so any any culture just people coming out of the neolithic times would have had this as a uh, uh priest you know you can call them priests you can call them the the spiritual advisors of the groups um so yeah so the differences between the, the psychics and the mediums i think they're capable of doing the same things psychic and mediums are also pretty much only working in my understanding uh, I don't have a, a full understanding of psychics and mediums, but that they're working primarily with the spirits of the deceased. Mm. Shaman, mm. Shamans are working with uh, animal totems. They're working with the nature totems, uh, the, the mountains, you know, uh, calling on the spirit of the land that they work on. So it's uh, a little different there. Well, you, you definitely made, made sense, uh, at least for me, it made sense the way you described it uh, and explained it. How did you, how did you know when you were a shaman or was it a calling? Was it did you wake up one day and it was just happened or did it happen in childhood? It's um, about when I was 12 and 13 years old from my personal connection. I started reading these fantasy novels. Uh, the first one was called Challenge of the Clans. And it was uh, about Finn McCool, who was one of the Irish heroes. And when I read that book, uh, it resonated with me so much uh, that there was this connection to the Irish process. My family's Irish, but I grew up in San Diego. And uh, there was not, uh, there's not a lot of culture out in San Diego. Everybody's just pretty much Californian, you know? Yep. Um, very different than here on the East Coast. And so... But I, I started reading these books and I was fascinated and I had such a strong reaction to that Irish culture. And so I started reading as many books as I could around that. So I was 12 and 13 
looking at those stories and those novels and it just absorbed everything I could. So then I started reading more of the Irish mythology. Mm-hmm. And from there, I started learning about the Druids and then got into that practice. So I was reading a lot of the, uh, the not self-help books, but, you know, books on spiritualism. Uh, there's one called By Oak, Ash and Thorn. I remember that was like one of the first ones that uh, really triggered something for me uh, about shamanic practice and specifically the Celtic side. Mm, and yeah. so I had done that for years. And then about 20 years ago. Um, I had done a medicine journey. Now, there's a big difference, too, in the, the shamanic practice. There's, there's shamanic practitioners who uh, will do uh, trance journeys, uh, doing ceremonial work, that kind of thing. But there's also some of the South American traditions use uh, a medicine to actually go into an altered state of mind and uh, have that connection. So I had done a medicine journey about 20 years ago. And at that point, I, I, everything is based around intentions as well uh, within the mm-hmm. shamanic practice. It's your intention for the ceremony. It's your intention for the meditation, right? And so the intention for that medicine journey that I did was to learn what it would be to be a shaman. And at, during that whole course of the evening, I just got all these... Uh, this download of information, you know, and uh, on an energetic level. And I knew at that point, that's, that's when I was on that path. And, and even though maybe I was on the very, very bottom rung of that ladder of being a shaman, but that was the trigger point for me that that was a, a transition. And, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. And, and so now like when you're at a party or you're, <laughs> you know, at a social gathering and someone says, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you quick to say you're a shaman and then have to explain that to somebody for a half an hour? You know, um, no, it's not, it's not even that, that difficult these days as well. Cause uh, a lot of people have heard about the practice. Um, I also, I, I manage an engineering firm, uh, as a, uh, uh, my nine to five job. Uh, I, yeah. I manage an engineering firm. I have a, uh, a startup company that I'm working with as well. But um, right. the shamanic practice, it's, it's more of, it's my spiritual belief, you know? So mm. it's also, it's a philosophy. It's, it's right. your everyday way of looking at the universe and how you interact with the universe. So if you're walking down the street and you see an animal come up, you know, is that, is that significant? Does that animal play a role in what's happening for you right now in your life? Uh, Mm. I, I happen to live in the mountains uh, in New Jersey. So uh, we have bald eagles here. We have bears in our backyard, you know, and so it's always a constant uh, connection to, to nature and how that affects what's happening for you in your life right now. Um, yeah. So, so go into a party, you know, uh, just, you just be yourself. And that's, that's the connection too, is that it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just philosophy, really. It's how yeah. you interact with people. Uh, yeah, meeting them at that soulful level as well. So it's actually I. So uh, like I said, I, I manage an engineering firm. We just had a holiday party uh, online via uh, Google Hangouts. You know, because we're all working remotely right now, and uh, I'm part of the little social group there. So I was able to lead two groups of meditation for an engineering firm, 
And it was actually great. And none of them had ever really experienced that before, but it was just a matter of going, hey, just let's talk about gratitude and peace right now. You know, and that was a, a, a lovely uh, connection with people who I work with every day that never would have done that. So it's mm. just being yourself, I think. Uh, sure, yeah. sure. Well, I'd imagine you you work with people or people come to you and I guess they want to benefit from your gift. How would someone like me benefit from your gift? Um. Well, you had come to uh, Neolith, which was my shamanic center there in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, when we had Neolith open, uh, we would do regular ceremonies. We would do uh, weekly gatherings of uh, doing shamanic journeys. And uh, so people would come for that reason. And, and it's really, as a shaman, you're connecting your you know, the person that you're working with, you're connecting them to themselves. And really that's, that's the biggest gift that you can ever give is that, uh, that deep connection to yourself. When you do a shamanic journey, you're, you're going through all the bullshit, right? Cause this is kind of a sub yeah. subconscious state of mind as well. So your, your mind's not lying to yourself, you know? And so you get these messages that are able to say, hey, you need to stop pushing it so uh, hard or you need to take accountability for this, right? Because you're not going to lie to yourself when you're in those meditations. And so that's that's the biggest gift that you can give is, is just somebody to have a deep connection to themselves. But there's mm-hmm. also energetic healing. There's um, as uh, uh, somebody who works with uh, spirits, as well, uh, there's the, in in the shamanic tradition, it's called uh, psychopomp work, right? And so you're mm-hmm. you're connecting to uh, the spirits of the deceased and helping them transition possibly to uh, their next highest place at the point. Um, so a lot of the times, uh, I'll work with people to uh, help deal with grief and suffering uh, after a loved one has passed. And so part of it is having them being able to go within that ceremonial space and even say some final, final words maybe that they would have with their, uh, their loved ones. Say, say mm. things that you didn't get to say, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, energetic healing, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to it, you know, uh, a lot of mindfulness, a lot of, uh, I mean, Buddhism. Uh, is a very similar practice, right? It's a it's a connection of compassion and it's a connection of self uh, as well and self awareness, and that's a big part of it too. So that you can be very discerning in your own life. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I would be offering, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you say in your bio, um, you have a connection with the heroes and heroines. <clears throat> these images come to you in the journey mm-hmm. space. Can you explain to B what the journey space sure. is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned with those uh, stories about Finn McCool and the ones that really triggered me when I was uh, young, um, part of the mythology that comes into play uh, is that when you do the shamanic journeys, the journey is going into a subconscious state of mind through the use of drums uh, so if you have a steady drum beat that's going boom, 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 right when you do that, and you do this repetitively for 15 minutes, a half hour, 
your brain is going to alter itself and go into a subconscious state of mind. So it's like, uh, it's like lucid dreaming at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so when you're there, you're, you're in that space, and that's called the journey, right? And when you're doing the journey, you go with a specific intent- intention, like how do I let go of anger? How do I know what to do if I need to accept this job or not? Uh, any of those things, right? Those would be your intentions. Or, or how do I work with uh, uh, my own self-healing, you know? And so when you do that journey, you go into that subconscious state of mind. And you're meeting guides. You're meeting your animal totems or your spiritual teacher or the spirit of your tools that you make. You make your own rattles. You make your own... Uh, you know, spiritual knife or those things, right? And all these uh-huh. elements have guides to them. So like uh, the animal totem that I work with most is uh, the wolf. And so if I'm in that journey, which is that, you know, subconscious state of mind, maybe I'm going to have a conversation with the wolf. And so the wolf will tell me, or uh, like I was saying in the bio, with those heroes and heroines that come into play, like, uh say even even fantasy novels right like uh, the lord of the rings everybody's familiar with that Mm -hmm. if you did these Mm -hmm. journeys and you were trying to find some sort of hidden wisdom within yourself and you see gandalf come around the corner right and he's there and he's there and you're sitting down and having a conversation with gandalf uh gandalf is an amazing character uh if you get into the whole mythology of the lord of the rings uh, it's amazing but there's all these different connections. And so in some sense, it's Gandalf having this conversation with you, but it, it's actually you also having a conversation with your own inner self, right? And it's your, your connection to your soul, which is, a, again, a big part of the shamanic practice as well. It's just that connection to your soul. And the more, the mm-hmm. more you have that connection, the more in alignment you are with yourself, you know? And so... Yeah, that you're not going to get, you're not going to get shooken or, yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get, get uh, yeah. disturbed by anything that's really happening because you're in balance, you're in alignment. And so you're also able to handle stress a lot better. You're able to be yeah. balanced and calm and react in a way that is coming from uh, a peaceful place within yourself. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's all about those connections. Yeah, I mean, speaking of calm, I mean, you probably hear this from other people, but I feel just in this conversation, the way you present yourself, the way you speak is just very calm and relaxing. And, you know, you're doing such a great job at giving me kind of the the idea of your background and what you do. Like, do you ever get pissed off? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, of course. Of course, everybody does. Um, But there's... Again, in that discernment of yourself, you you also know how to react, right? And, and even in yeah. uh, something that's been coming to me is um, within the last probably three months, actually, I stumbled into the idea of stoicism, which is a philosophy, right? Of uh, mm-hmm. going going back to the Greeks and the Romans, right? And there's all these stories of you know stoic, stoicism. And all stoicism is is really a uh, a connection to nature, but it's also just knowing yourself. And 
And mm. so you asked if I, if I get angry, yeah, of course I get angry, but it's, we can choose how to react to that and, and even know why, yeah. why you're getting angry at that point. Um, and so it happens a lot less frequently, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I mean, you, you know, you understand yourself and, you know, I come from the world of, you know, I do this show and I also, uh, you know, entertain and I am a performer and a public speaker, but, um, by trade, as we say, our nine to five, I'm mm-hmm. actually a life coach and I'm a cognitive right. life coach. And some of the things that I work with, with people too, is yeah, other people can quote unquote piss you off, but it's kind of you letting them right. piss you off. It's kind of like, how do you react? How do you communicate? How do we solve this? So you're not walking around with the baggage after that conflict that you're having right. with someone else. Um, so, yeah, I totally get it. What is something about you that no one would believe? Like maybe even people close to you. Something about me that no one would believe. Like something like you love the movie, the Titanic oh, or something that, you know, you, know you have a, you have a guilty pleasure. Like you like to eat at Wendy's, I mean, which that's I doubt. A, that's actually Wendy's is pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about shamanic uh, practice as well. And shamans in general is that there's, it's, it's not a religion. It's a spiritual practice. I mean, right. I used to, I was the front man for an industrial rock band uh, in San Diego. I used to, you know, I, I loved it. I would be upstage, I'd scream yeah. and yell and, you know, all kinds of things. And there's just, there, that's the thing about shamanism. Anybody can be a, a shamanic practitioner. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to go clubbing all the time. I would go to, uh, uh, play all these great, you know, clubs and venues and stuff. And, and just there's, there's, that's the best part about it, you know, is that you are just yourself and you're just in awareness Mm -hmm. of yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I think we come, we come from this, um, engraved idea in our heads of Christianity, Catholicism and where we come from. I mean, me being raised Catholic when I went beyond, just knowing priests who represent mm-hmm. the church and going beyond that anytime. And I mean, this is when I was younger, obviously not recently, but when I was younger, not being able to believe that there are heads of churches of different faiths mm. that are married, yeah. that have relationships that also can also define themselves, not as right. heterosexual right. and having churches that accept that and saying to yourself, wow, I didn't know. So I think kind of there's this idea that a shaman's kind of like, you know, we're thinking about vows of silence and you're wearing, you know, a certain mm-hmm. type of clothing. And it's, it's kind of like this idea that's engraved in us, you know, it's like this kind of this, right. this thing that we think of, but not necessarily right. true. Um, so it is interesting, but you know, what, what, what uh, things are you working on right now? What are some of your latest projects? Some things that you might want to share with our audience? You know, with uh, everybody probably going through the similar steps of, you know, quarantining and staying socially distanced and stuff, it's, it's been really interesting here living on the mountain because we're, we're a little more isolated than some. And so the projects that I'm doing is, again, more going inward uh, for myself still connecting to the natural process, you know, and actually so my backyard is a, a nature reserve. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. so going and connecting to the mountain there, uh, that's, that's a huge thing. But we built a, we built a labyrinth 
uh, in our backyard. Uh, we mm. uh, every day just kind of go through and you know walk that labyrinth. Been going inward and doing some breathing exercises with my wife. We've been starting to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, about a year ago, I also started really getting into uh, bushcraft work and uh, and. Do you know what you know what bushcraft is? Uh, just like, well, no, you, yeah, can, being, you can explain in, it in to bushcraft. Us. It's going into nature and being able to survive with very little uh, stuff. Uh, like you can have a tarp for a tent, you can have a wool blanket, you can have a flint striker to create a fire, you know that kind of thing. And it's just just being able to wow. be outside. So that's that's something that I've been getting into. But then from that also, I got very interested in uh doing blacksmith work and and wanting to just be wow. a blacksmith and I, I don't know where that was coming from but you know interestingly enough it actually ties into uh a lot of the cultural references with the the celtic stuff you know uh there's a, a bridget is the goddess of blacksmiths uh so and uh mm. you know so in doing a journey, I can go meet with Bridget and have a conversation with her about blacksmithing kind of thing. But um, I've been getting into that. And so slowly but surely, I've, I've been building a, uh, uh, a forge here uh, in, my, in my backyard out of all the things you know, sustainable around in here. Mm -hmm. And uh, building a forge. And I literally just ordered an anvil. So I'm going to start. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. It's, it's fun projects like that. So what is so what is Bridget saying to you? Like, is she instructing you? I mean, what what does that conversation yeah. look like? I mean, I know it's probably not like a basic conversation of speaking. It's probably more like a spiritual kind of vibing mm -hmm. conversation. It's probably less than you know you you can't text Bridget if you wanted to, but but how does that? Well, that's the that beautiful part go? about it. Um, when you do those journeys, so Bridget is the goddess of blacksmiths. She's the goddess of poetry and of healing. Right. And so through all of those, I could do a journey and I can I can even find uh, on my phone. I have a, a, a drum app that will play the drum beat, you know, for however long I want it to. Um, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Is, is brilliant for this. Right. And so you can uh, put on a phone app, you press play on the, the, the phone, and then you start to do this journey. You get into that meditative state, and I can use that, that intention to speak with Bridget and say, hey, what is it I need to know right now in my life? I wouldn't really necessarily ask specifics about blacksmith, but then if I was contacting Bridget in particular, I would be putting it out. It's like... Uh, the laws of attraction as well, right? You put it out there to the universe mm -hmm. and the universe is going to conspire to give you the answers that you need. So it's a similar practice to that. Right. So I would be asking Bridget, hey, Bridget, what is it I need to know right now in my life? And so she may tell me that I need to get calm within myself. or I need to do some breathing exercises or I need to take more time in, you know, standing in the mountains, uh, whatever messages that are, important right but then there could be that hey i need to really create something with that blacksmith work i need to you know do any any number of things that you can get as these messages so yeah it's it's pretty mm. so it is almost like texting that's <laughs> you great know? 
yeah, yeah, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, what's interesting is that whenever I have one of these conversations with any guests for our show, I always feel like we go back to the philosophies of the alchemist. It always seems to come up, you know, um, the, the, you cons- yeah. the universe conspires to help yeah. you to get the things you want. And it's truly a philosophy, I believe. I mean, I, you know, I did comedy for a long time and I remember people just, I think the biggest shock that people felt for me was you're a comedian and you're actually you're <laughs> not an atheist. You're a comedian and you like actually yeah. believe in spirituality. You actually believe, listen, I say to people all the time, even though something, um, maybe something you've never seen mm-hmm. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And because you don't, maybe someone doesn't connect to nature the way you do, but you can't right. deny that it exists. Right. It exists for you. And, you know, I've totally believe in it, but um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people maybe join a class even virtually like is there a way that our listeners could kind of get sure in touch yeah with you? uh anybody can email me at uh brian with an i b-r-i-a-n at uh neolith n-e-o-l-y-t-h dot com um we have a meetup group uh, from when neolith was open neolith was a shamanic center in montclair and uh we had to close due mm-hmm. to covid but we'll eventually reopen uh some somewhere else that's great. Um, but uh, we still have the meetup group. There's a, a meetup group called uh, the Montclair Shamanic Circle. And so weekly, we have uh, a gentleman who is teaching a class every Thursday night, uh, Evan Pritchard, who's an amazing uh, Native American uh, Algonquin uh, elder. And so he does uh, mm-hmm. a weekly, uh, weekly gathering called uh, the Chipmunk Lodge, which is really cool. Um, we have another, one of my previous students, we, we used to do a shamanic training program there for one year. And one of the shamanic students now she teaches, uh, practices with the Egyptian, uh, mythology and, and, and her spiritual connection to that. Right. So, uh, that's on there. Uh, we'll do regular classes, uh, from there. So that's called, uh, uh, Montclair shamanic circle on meetup. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, you know, thank you so much today, Brian, for meeting with us. And I certainly feel like this conversation is going to be ongoing. You definitely will get a message from me at some point because we're going to need to have a conversation in the future. But thank you for joining us today. And um, my pleasure. Have a fantastic day. Take care. Woo, Brian. Come on, everybody. You know the words. Sing it with me. <laughs> Telling you, drumming, drumming can change the world. Uh, yeah, I, I loved that interview. I truly did. I thought he was very well-spoken and um, just... He's very zen. He he just seemed like a very calm and and I imagine this is a you know a trait that is necessary to be a. I would say he's a spiritual leader, a guide of some sort. Is that would that be safe to say? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You know, I felt when I spoke to him, he was at the expense of sounding corny. He sounded he's very magical. Mm-hmm. He's a magical guy. Um, I felt connected and, you know, when you listen to the interview, I, I had the interview prepared, like the questions, I had an idea of what I wanted to ask him. But the one question that came out was, uh, that changed the interview was in the, in the midst of the interview, as he was talking, I thought to myself, 
I have to ask them this. And I finally asked them, I said, how could someone like me benefit from working with someone like you? Because I really thought like in the future, I would love to work with him. I would love to like figure out if I'm a wolf, am I a walrus? Am I an eel? What am I? What is my spirit animal? I could see walrus. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, do you yeah. think? Yeah, you think I, know, I know why you said that. I know why you said that. <laughs> I mean, you were like, I'm thinking hippo, but walrus is coming in pretty strong. Stop it. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a connection to something? Oh, yeah. I think I have connections to all kinds of things. I believe in a lot more than then I give off the energy of doing so. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that means makes sense, but I actually feel like, you know, I, when I was doing comedy, I remember people saying, and I, and, you know, and I said to him in the interview I was doing comedy, people really didn't see me as being someone who would believe in things because comics tend to be like pissed at everything. They're atheists. They're angry at the world. They believe in bloodbaths. You, mm -hmm. you should have been a comic. No, <laughs> I love this perception that you have of me. It's not a perception. It's the truth. <laughs> so, but no, and I was saying that I want us to visit him and do a show like when the world is normal again or yeah. somewhat. And you and I can just do our and beat the drums and we can record it somehow. And then you could probably tap into something that's not a black goat running through the street i mean it's possible uh like i've i've the idea of being in the presence of a, a drum session type situation is not necessarily appealing to me right but also love to just give in to that kind of you know allowing myself my mind and my body to kind of get into that state of mind that trance that hypnosis whatever it is mm. and it would be an, a very interesting thing if that can happen to me i think i i hope that my skepticism doesn't win over other other you know other parts not that i'm skeptic of this like this is not something that's you know this is just a spiritual way of connecting to whatever you want to believe in um, because every culture there, you know, there's, there are shamans, spiritual leaders, spiritual guides, so to speak. Um, so it's, it would be, I, I'd love to try to, you know, experience that and allow myself to kind of go through that process and see, see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Well, what are your thoughts on Bridget? I loved her. <laughs> What was she the guide of again, or the uh, the goddess of, or metal work? Met she had other things too. Yeah, she had like you know she's like she's she's in charge of metal work. She does customer service from seven to five at Home Depot. <laughs> I love. She, I mean, she she has a lot of stuff. I love that he bought an anvil, or he was going to buy an anvil. Like he's mm -hmm. going into the forging and 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 whatnot. I think that's great. I mean. Yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, ancient practices, mm -hmm. but I also love the aspect of the modern it being interwoven 
into his into the practice and i just loved hearing the fact that he would be out in the woods out in nature or wherever and he has an app that has this drum beat that Mm. allows him to get to that state wherever he is and that's yeah that's just you know i think it's amazing i think it's it's awesome that you know you can you can do this no no matter where you are and there are modern things modern pieces of technology that allow you to tap into that you know Mm -hmm. so i the one thing that i was i absolutely adored in that bio was the journey space the journey space the journey space yeah he talked about he talked about earlier um about when he first started he went on a medicine journey and Mm -hmm. i would like to know if he um if he took ayahuasca because when i think about the medicine journey i think about and that, that whole trance state and the, the psychedelic part of all of that, people have taken ayahuasca and their experiences with it are, are insane. And apparently everyone who's tried it has allegedly all gotten sick or vomited. <laughs> yeah. And I believe one of our biggest fans, if not the biggest fan, her husband did do the whole ayahuasca thing do i have to guess you don't have to guess i I know i I think you know (laughs) but i would love to hear his experience with that if he actually did do that have him come on the show i've been dying to meet this guy seriously we're gonna have to listen mama say say, i need a drum beat behind me I'm going to get that on my phone next time. But whenever he said, every time he said journey space, I just kept thinking, don't stop believing. I was like, journey. Hmm. Everybody loves journey. You should ask him what what app he uses. He is my friend. I can text him at any time now. Good. I love it. We We were texting the other day after the interview nice there is a forging of a relationship and if i play my cards right i'll be able to meet bridget i love it maybe we can get her on the show as well Mm -hmm. and i'll introduce him to mama leone mama leone (laughs) (laughs) i make some frozen pizza hey lord have mercy so but i think that's great i think that's that's fantastic um, I loved I loved the show, uh, the the interview, and it reminded me of. Um, I think I mentioned to you that I was watching Chef's Table on Netflix, yes. and when he was talking about when Brian was talking about his his connection to nature and and Earth and 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 whatnot, um, it instantly brought me to that one episode where it was about a um, Buddhist nun um, in, I think, I want to say South Korea. Um, mm-hmm. And she, she was, she's the, the cook of, of the, of the temple. Um, she cooks for the other nuns and she will occasionally cook for the, the rare guests that come on, come to the temple. 
Well, she was invited by a French chef who uh, in New York, I want to say, but I can't, I can't remember for sure, um, to do a tasting. It was like a tasting menu and just watching her, the process in which she gathers food and, and treats food and, and the connection that she has with the food. Um, it was an absolutely beautiful thing to, to, to witness. And it just, it was just the way he described things. It reminded me of that episode. And if, Mm. if you haven't had a chance to watch it, go to Netflix. It's season three, episode one, I believe. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's a great episode. And, um, I remember Ariana was the one who, um, Ariana, if you're listening, this one's for you. (laughs) Ariana actually was the one who told me to watch chef's table. Mm -hmm. And I started to watch it because I think I watched other episodes, but she was like, no, you got to watch the one with the Buddhist nun. So I went back and watched it. And then she was like, I watched, she watched like five times and I watched it like twice. Not in a row, but yeah, you know, because I had to eat at some point. <laughs> but it truly was beautiful to watch. Absolutely. It was changed. It was, it was a whole different way. I think something like that, you and I connect with something like that because of our cultures, our backgrounds, and food is more than just food. Yeah. Like I've always said the reason why Italians put so much food out is because the more food that's that gets put out, the longer people stay together at the table. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you serve a short meal, if you give everybody a grilled cheese, the meal is over and everyone walks away, but keeping people together. And I think that that was something about this woman's food in this episode. Yeah. Is that, you know, and what did I say was, I think I had the research on it. Episode three, no season three, episode one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have a, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's beautiful. If yeah. you love food as much as Fran and I do, you'll love this one. We love food. I think that's our probably our our most common subject. Is that safe to say? Yeah. 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 I think Jocelyn Jocelyn would say it's feedback and testicles. Yeah, I was gonna say balls plays a role in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> What's the main ingredient in balls? Honey. <laughs> Hummus. <laughs> Kale. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. Christ. But, you know, I'm so glad that we got Brian on the show. And, you know, I was thinking I would really love a twist in the new year, like aside from like meeting with him and you and I getting together with him. But I'd really love to get his views on gender and sexuality and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because I feel like those spiritual people, they're tapped into shit that we don't even know about. Look at Sting. You know, yeah, that's true. Stink can blow himself and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff, and he, and he can do that for forty five hours oh. and never get and never get a pain in his side. Oh my god! Meanwhile, I'm bending over to get a pencil and I'm I'm out for the day. <laughs> Welcome to middle age. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Okay. So anyway, I was doing my neck exercises again today. Oh fuck. I'm telling you.
sad, sad state of affairs. You know why? Because you need to move that neck more. Yes, yes, I do. You know, with COVID now, it's hard to meet people the way you used to. That's true. (laughs) You know, because you were just getting slapped in the face with it like every third Thursday. Before, yes. That wasn't as frequent enough. No. 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 That was when you were taken off. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) And the stranger the dick, the better the fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian the Shaman, for meeting with us. And we're definitely going to call you a friend of the show. Yes. Um, So anyway, I have a segment that seems to keep revisiting. And soon enough, I'm sure we're going to have an intro of sorts. No spoiler. Well, yes, I, I, I need to get on that. And I think a lot of people actually really like this segment as well i hope so they do it's uh fran is so we're gonna go for a break and then when we and then when we come back you are going to um bless us with some celebrity news i hear yes on topic sweet okay we'll be right back everyone You're listening to Later This Week with Coco and Fran, the only podcast that sanitizes your hands while you listen. We are back. We are back. I'm very excited and very curious to find out what this is all about and how it's on topic. Okay, so for those of you who do not know this story, I am going to tell you the backstory before I actually get into the recent story. Um, Years ago, Tom Cruise got married to Katie Holmes. And as you know, he is a Scientologist. He got married in Italy. Italy. You know, they probably had, you know, some moats, some gabagools. (laughs) So he got married in Italy. And what happened was um, Leah Remini, who does the Scientology show, who no longer is a Scientologist, but at the time was a Scientologist, brought her good friend, who still is her good friend, J-Lo, and her husband at the time was Mark Antony, to the wedding. Now, the way the story goes is J-Lo and her husband kind of disappeared because the Scientologists were probably giving them like laced champagne and trying to get them changed into Scientologists. When Leah Remini was half looking for them and half looking for her friend, Shelly Miscavige, who is the wife of the leader of Scientology. So she's at this party with people who are other Scientologists. Just imagine it, right? She's standing there. There's a fireplace. She knows there's a fireplace because every cult has a fireplace, even if it's August. They have a fireplace and it's going. It's just burning. Just wood. People are sweating. It's August. No one cares. It's, <laughs> but you're a cult. You're not supposed to sweat. So you start sweating. They're like, you don't belong here. So she suddenly starts asking people, Where's Shelly Miscavige? Where's Shelly Miscavige? Like, David's here. It's a huge wedding. It's like the biggest wedding. It's like the top famous Scientologist is getting married, right? 
And people start moving away from her. They get pissed off. They're like, you need to stop. You're going to get in trouble, blah, blah, blah. So what happened was people started reporting her. They're like, dude, you can't ask. So Shelly actually went missing. And at some point in, I don't know, 2013, there was like the second police report, missing persons report that Leah Remedy um, reported. I don't know, police report. I don't know what you do with a police report. You report it, you write it. I don't know. You call it in. File, but filed. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> so so anyway, so this recently happened. Um, this week, this past week, this tweet came in. Uh, it was uh, Kirstie Alley, who is known as fat actress and also was on Cheers, mm-hmm. but mostly for f- being a fat actress on that show. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's on that show. I don't mean she's a fat actress. No, I know. Even she she did Weight Watchers, but the show was fat actress. I never watched. So, it. Yeah. yeah. Who did? Exactly. That's why it's not on. <laughs> so, so here we go. Kirstie Alley slams Leah Remini for filing missing persons report on Scientology's Shelley Miscavige. Kirstie Alley was slammed has slammed Leah Remini over filing missing persons report for Scientology leader David Miscavige's wife, Shelley. Over on Twitter, Ali, a devout Scientologist, was asked, how do you feel about the claims Leah Remini made about Shelley Miscavige? I watched a few documentaries, so I am no expert, but I have definitely thought a lot about Shelley since hearing of her disappearance in 2007. Is she Okay. Now, it sounds to me like this was some rando on Twitter that tweeted Kirstie Alley. And if Kirstie Alley is really busy, she has time to reply to some rando. Yeah. Do me a favor. Do me a favor next time. Try tweeting Beyonce. See if she gets back to you. (laughs) Not going to happen. No. Alley replied by calling Remedy's 2013 police report a PR stunt. And she alleged the police were able to confirm Shelley's whereabouts in a matter of hours. She also stated that she does not believe Remini's actions were done out of, quote, real concern. The details surrounding Shelley's well-being and whereabouts have been widely speculated about for many years with Remini, a former Scientologist who is quite critical of the organization. Obviously, we've all seen the documentary. One of the Scientology leaders have been so secretive about her, and she doesn't understand why. Some reports claim that she has not been seen since 2007. Some have claimed that they believe Shelley was sent to one of the several secretive and heavily guarded bases the church owns in remote western locales. A fellow former Scientologist named Mike Rinder appeared on Remini's TV series, Scientology in the Aftermath, which, by the way, every season is available on Netflix right now, <laughs> and, claimed, and claimed that he knew the truth about Shelley. She was sent there when she displeased David Miscavige, he said, echoing the claims of those who believe she was sent to a secret compound. Shelley was privy to everything that went on with David. So she was practically erased because she knew what was going on. Yeah, that's the only way because there's 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 no way she would ever be able to leave that religion, to leave him. He's going to just make her disappear. And and I'm sure he's got enough 
money and influence that he he can make that happen and nothing can be done about it yeah i i find it i find it amazing that people can leave that religion like the fact mm-hmm. that Leah Remini has left and i'm not sure anybody else who's who's a celebrity that has left mm-hmm. that religion i i just i find it amazing that they can just from, mm-hmm. from what little i know about the religion and i don't, i like it, it would scare me to start searching about it because the last thing i need is <laughs> anyone knowing my search well you know they're not as powerful as we think i mean when you think about 10 years ago when people were terrified of stepping on this now leah remini remini has a whole series called scientology in the aftermath which i've seen every every episode practically but you learn a lot about the religion and you don't leave the religion unscathed because she talks about how when she left um there was money that they said she owed them they also have a team of people, discreet people, who once someone goes public and starts aiming at Scientology, there's an entire group of people that are hired by Scientologists, but they don't admit to it, that miraculously the next day, there are several websites, smear websites, that are created in on your behalf. So... Leah Remini left and there was like stuff about her husband, stuff about her kids, stuff about her stuff. Like just cause they get so much information when you're with them and it's ugly. I think you can leave. I, I definitely think it's a great watch. The show is great. I think it's done well. Um, I think she made some headway because she was able to get away you know, and someone had asked her in an interview once, like, are you afraid that they're going to kill you? And she's like, I've been so public and been so in the eye of saying all the things I've been saying about the church. Yeah. She's like, if I get killed, they're going to be the first people everybody goes to investigate. Of course. Of course. So, but it's it's crazy and it's ugly. I mean, I've done, I mean, there's so much laughter too with this series. Like, there's a whole group of people called the Sea Org. And they're just people who walk around dressed like they're captains of ships, but they're never really going on ships. They're in charge of certain groups. And the reason why they call the Sea Org is because um, L. Ron Hubbard was obsessed with like the Navy and the military. So these people are all Sea Org leaders, become a Sea Org leader. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's, I can't make this shit up. And if you ever want to learn about the religion and learn about like, you know, there's there's some dude from space named Zonk or something. They're waiting for him to show up and take people's blood. I don't know. Oh, no. You know, real stuff. Stuff that happens. Of course. Of course. This is magical. Big eye roll here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So here's the alley, man. Whoa. She yeah, she's always been a nut job. I've never liked her. Wow. Yikes. Never. I mean, there's I couldn't even tell you really what she's done. No, like I I vaguely remember that fat girl. I never watched it, but prior Yeah, to- that I remember that show, but I think you're talking about fat actress, but I saw fat, fat girl too. A fat actress, yes. 
but uh, the only other thing that I knew her uh, from was Cheers. And that's back in the 80s. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, and look who's talking. Yeah. So that doesn't say much about her career. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's interesting how a lot of people got into it, too, because I think that the religion started as kind of a homegrown kind of like we're cool we're whatever. And then I think that it just spun out of control and became this sort of corporate entity that just hides in the name of the church because they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole episode or two about cults and, and the, the whole, you know, their whole influence on people and, and whatnot. It's, it's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. but yeah yeah but they no. Say just no. say just say no seriously yeah but listen you know that was my little celebrity break i hope i informed you all i hope i didn't bore you and if i did bore you oh well and and i hope no one decides to convert to scientology because of this yeah i'm gonna convert to being lebanese it's not that much different from Italian, trust no, me. No, but I want to be a Beirutian. <laughs> what? And making baba ganoush out of honey. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Delicious. I, I want kale leaves now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this is where we are, and this is what we are. And... um I hope you enjoyed a lot of our breaks and promos in this episode because all of this takes a lot of work. Yes. And if you want to send us money, we'll take it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wait for you guys to send us money. Just go to whatever. I had a thought the other day, you know how we keep randomly through episodes talking about getting merch. Yeah. I swear one day I'm just going to pop it up on Facebook and go fund me. And we're to see how much money we can get to just get our merchandise made. <laughs> I mean, people come up with a GoFundMe page for the stupid, stupidest reasons. Everything. And people give money. It's they, insanity. They do. I mean, like, you want to get your asshole bleached. Of course. GoFundMe. Yeah, I should. GoFundMe. Yep. Because, you know, when this whole pandemic's over... You're going to have to make up for lost time. Right? I got to get back on my corner. I hear the squeaking of the mattress from here. (laughs) On that lovely note, uh, I have enjoyed this episode immensely. I'm glad we got to speak. Well, you got to speak with Brian and we got to hear his wonderful um, perspective of shamanism and his mm-hmm. journey and all of that and i think that was that was great i i can't wait to hear more from him me too and i also want to thank our dear akila yes segment yes um and like i said there's going to be you know you've all heard some great commercials in there if you love those commercials you know reach out to us send us feedback send us feedback joss <laughs> feedback <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Have a great day, great night, great morning, whatever time of day you're listening to this. I'm not going to tell you when to listen. Take care, everyone. Ah!